Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. If you have your Bible, we're looking at Judges chapter 7. It's on your smartphone or tablet. Feel free to follow along. Well, the Cuban Cuba team leaves for Cuba Thursday evening. We're driving to Montreal Friday morning. We fly out. We'll be there for one week, flying back the next Saturday, landing in the early afternoon. So we'll be away for a week. We would really appreciate your prayer. So when God brings us to your mind, we would appreciate uh, you praying. Um, it's Latin America, so time is a little different there, and planning's a little different there. So, um, yeah, I may be preaching three sermons, four sermons, five sermons, I don't know, but we'll show up. They point me in the right direction, get me to the right place, and put a pulpit in front of me. We're good to go, right? And the rest of the team is just as flexible, so I'm, I'm, I am thankful for that as well. But pre- please pray for us. Well, today is the third installment of our uh, series on Gideon. When I come back, uh, next Sunday, Doug Sprunt is going to be speaking. Doug used to be the owner of Salem Christian Bookstore in Ottawa. He works for One Way Ministry. He works one day a week at Northgate, and he lives in Carlton Place, and he's a great friend of mine, and uh, God always has something good to say through him, so I would encourage you to, to be here. When I get back, that will be the first Sunday of Lent, believe it or not, and so we are into Lent, and we will be starting a new series on John chapter 17, when Jesus prays for not only his disciples, but prays for us. And we'll be following that John chapter 17 passage right through until Easter. Well, today, Gideon, learning from Gideon, part three. To get you up to speed of where we've been, Israel has been overrun by the Midianites, They stole their crops, destroyed their cattle, Uh, they swarmed the land, Uh, and uh, out of dire poverty, the people of God cried out to God, who uh, they thought had abandoned them, and God sent first a prophet to speak to them against Baal worship uh, that the people were involved in, then God sent an angel to a guy by the name of Gideon. Gideon was hiding in a wheat press, threshing wheat, and the angel said, Greetings, mighty warrior. God is with you. Gideon argued. Sure didn't feel like a mighty warrior. Maybe you don't either. But God called him. Angel said to Gideon, Go in the strength you have. The angel told Gideon in verse 16 of chapter 16, God promises that both uh, God and he are going to strike down the Midianites together. God asked, or Gideon asked for a sign, and so the word of the Lord uh, of, comes um, and, uh, with fire, and it consumes the rock that a meal was on. So now what you have is Gideon, armed with God's promise that he's going to strike down the Midianites. The Midianites are still... 120,000 men strong. Gideon was still one man. Some of you have challenges in your life. You think they're overwhelming. The Midianites in your life can take the form of depression, anxiety, financial crises, job stress, 
peer pressure, relational issues, major issues, uh, major conflict, could be anorexia, or sexual issues, or health issues, and the list could go on and on and on and on. There are few of us who don't have significant challenges in our lives. The challenges, though, don't all have to be negative. Maybe God's calling you to start a new ministry, and the challenge just seems to be overwhelming. Maybe God's calling you to start a new business, and it just seems... I don't know how to get there from here. Maybe God is calling you to develop a product or write a book. Whatever the Midians are, the challenges that are standing before you, I think the life of Gideon has something to say to you. So Gideon saw the, the angel. He received the promises of God to strike down, that he's going to strike down the Midianites. God has confirmed his promise with a sign. And come to Judges chapter 6. The Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon. He blew a trumpet, summoning the Abirzites uh, to follow him. Abirzites are a family, a clan, a warrior amongst the Israelites. The fact that Gideon could summon them was a miracle in itself. Gideon, you might remember, came from the smallest clan and the smallest, uh, most insignificant family in that clan. And yet when he calls the warriors stood up and they came for, forward, responding to the summons. Now Gideon has taken action. He has summoned an army. He has summoned the people of God from all, all the tribes of Israel. And, but wonders, will the people respond? Internally, his, his gut is twisting. Uh, even if they do respond, what chance do we have? So. So Gideon says, God, I know I, I need more. I know that you've promised and I know that you've confirmed your promise, but, but God, I'm hearing you and I need more. I need a confirmation. So God, I'm going to place this piece of wool, this fleece in the ground. And uh, if you're going to conquer the Midianites through my hands, then I want, when I wake up in the morning, the wool needs to be wet and the ground to dry. Yeah, sure enough, wakes up in the morning, the wool is wet, the ground is dry. Says, well, yeah, God, that's, that's, that's really cool. Maybe it was a coincidence. Have you ever been there? God, I know you promised. I know you've spoken. God, okay, I, I, I want, when I wake up in the morning, I want the wool to be dry and the ground to be wet. And it was. Um... Sometimes people put out fleeces to know what God is saying. Sometimes I, I think Gideon might have been pushing it a little, but God knew what he needed. Remember John the Baptist's father? Yeah, how do you know these promises are going to be true? And then he was mute for nine months, right? Be very careful how you test God. But God knew what he needed. I often hear people doing the equivalent of putting out fleeces. God, if you, if you do this, then I'll go this way. And if you don't, I won't. There's a time and a place for that kind of guidance. Uh, however, I think it probably should be used sparingly. You'll notice that 
Gideon used it to confirm a promise that was already given. That Gideon knew, and God had spoken, and Gideon just wants to make sure that it's, it's what he's called to do, so he's confirming a promise. That's probably the best way to use that kind of fleece. But I want you to know this too. If, if, God, if God is going to give you a sign like this, then he's going to require greater faith down the road. Um, the more he confirms what he's going to do, the more he's going to ask for you to trust him. It's just God. Let's move on to the story. So we're into chapter 7. Gideon has blown the trumpet, summoned the men of Israel. 32,000 men respond. Uh, now, the general rule of war is if you're going to attack an enemy, you want four people for every one person the enemy has on their side. And so if Gideon's going to attack the uh, Midianites, the Amalekites, they need four soldiers for every one on the other side. Problem with this was, well, the ratio is almost reversed. He has 32,000 men, uh, but he's against 20,000 men. So the odds are, are not in Gideon's favor. But this is what God says to Gideon, verse 2. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into, you, into their hands, or Israel would boast against me. My own strength has saved me. This verse is really important if you're going to understand the provision of God in your life. Get what God's saying here? Even though Gideon is seriously out, outgunned or outsorted, as it were, God says, you are so strong, I can't work. He says... If you're going to experience my power on your behalf, then you need to know that you're too strong right now. Though the odds aren't in Gideon's favor, great military leaders like Alexander the Great have won victories with odds like this before. If Gideon had won, they would have called Gideon Gideon the Great. But God will not share his glory. God will not share his glory. I'm very wary of that when it comes to Asbury. God will not share his glory. I long to be a church where what happens around here can only be explained by God. Um, you know, we have a, a great board. We have good, pro, uh, good programs. We have good people. You may have a good pastor. <laughs> but all these things won't amount to anything unless God does what only God can do. See, only God transforms lives. Only God answers prayer. Only God does miracles. And he will not share his glory with another. So when we see God at work, we must remember and be careful to give him the glory. There are many of you who need to take that note of this in your own life too. Here's the temptation. 
So you're faced with the, the Midianite of your night, life, the challenges that are right in front of you. What do you do with those challenges? You think, I need to become Alexander the Great. I need to be the person who becomes able to beat the odds. If I could only get the right strategy, if I could only become stronger, if I could only learn new skills, then I could defeat the Midianites in my life. And it's quite possible that God wants to teach you in the face of the Midianites of your life. It's quite possible, in fact, it's probable that God wants to develop your character in the face of the Midianites of your life. But sometimes God will say to you, you, you're too strong for me to deliver you. If I defeat the Midianites in your life, you'll say, well, that was pretty smart of me, wasn't it? Oh, I was pretty skilled there. Wow, I made the right choice there. I got lucky there. Look what I have done. And God will not share his glory with another. So he lets us come to the end of our resources. When he steps in to deliver us, then we'll take a look back and say, only the Lord could do that. Been there, done that. Tried, tried, tried to meet the challenges of my life, couldn't. Then God stepped in. He did some things that you look back and you say, only God could do that. Our temptation is to make ourselves stronger without consulting God. We vacillate between being overwhelmed by the task and being confident that we, if we can just get around this next corner, if we can just meet this next mark, then if we can just implement this next strategy, it'll be all right. All the time God says, you're too strong. What usually happens then is we bang our heads against the proverbial wall so many times that we get emotionally and spiritually, we get a, get a headache and give up. We settle and say, well, that's just the way life is. But that's not God's way either. They cried out to the Lord, and he heard their cry. But the only way out of situations like these is to hear from God. I mean, really hear from God. That's, that's part of the reason why we, we teach the Abide course around here. I want you to be able to hear from God. Sometimes we bring the Midianites in our lives to God and we, we hear what God told Paul with his thorn in the flesh. My grace is sufficient for you. Sometimes we bring the Midianites in our life to God, and we hear, wait. That's different than banging our heads against the wall and saying, well, I guess all I can do is wait. No. See, when all you can do is wait, if you've given up hope, that's not waiting. See, you, you need to have a, a sense from God that he's saying, wait. And then 
you start to wait, but you actively wait, and you look for the move of God. And those who wait upon the Lord, they, they'll renew their strength. God will renew their strength. So they'll mount up his wings like eagles. They wait. They wait patiently for our God. And he delivered them. And he delivers you. You see, sometimes God will say, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it. But here's the way that I want to do it. Here's the way that I'm going to do it in your life. So, Judges chapter 6, verse 16. The Lord answered, I will be with you. I will strike down the Midianites, leaving none alive. The Midianites had to be dealt with. Gideon couldn't deal with them in his own strength. But neither was he irrelevant. Gideon had a role to play. God had a role to play. And in dealing with the Midianites in your life, you have a role to play. God has a role to play. There's some things that you must do. There's some things that God must do. But I found that God doesn't do what he wants to do in a situation until we do or are willing to do what he wants in a situation. Gideon wasn't irrelevant to the process. It wasn't uh, that all that Gideon had to do was then stop leading and God take over. Some people think, you know, just let go and let God and it's all good. God has a role for you in your life. He has choices for you to make, ways for you to go. Now, the strategy that God gave Gideon was one that made no sense in the natural. It's not going to make the textbook of any military college. But if you know the strategy is from God, if you've heard from God, then it's best to follow. Here's what I've seen God ask people to do in dealing with the Midianites in their life. For the strategic thinkers in the bunch, seen him ask, hey, I want you to plan less and pray more. That just goes against their nature. Oh, for the planners, that, that's tough, right? For the hoarders who are hoarding and hoarding and hoarding for the challenge, he asked them to give more and trust more. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I see this a lot. God asks people to spend more time working on their hearts and less time working on the challenge. It's amazing how when we follow the direction of God, God has a way of working the challenge out in front of us. Here's what you need to know about God's economy. In God's economy, less is more. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. Those who save their life will lose it. Those who lose their life for me in the gospel will, will find it. 
Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. In God's economy, more or less is more. If you want to see the power of God at work in your life, then you'll have to learn what it means when God says, my power is made perfect in your weakness. Well, back to the story. In verse 3, God tells Gideon, okay, tell the men, if you're frightened, if you're afraid, like, look at all these Midianites. If you're afraid, go home. 22,000 did. If you're going to downsize, do it with God's direction because God always cuts what's needed. What this directive did was cut the fear out of the army. In fact, when God was giving people instruction in Deuteronomy and how to go to war, God commanded this, Deuteronomy chapter 20. Then the officers shall add, is anyone afraid or faint-hearted? Let him go home so that his fellow shoulders will not become disheartened too. Gideon downsize as commanded. Seems to be two kinds of people in this world. People who want to follow God's commands, and, uh, but don't. Um, and people who have a knee-jerk reaction to God's commands. Don't be either one of those types of people. I've watched people who hear from God and not obey. I've also watched people who've heard from God and that they assumed that they knew what God meant and got away ahead of God. For For instance, I've watched people who have been convicted that they should simplify their life. And so they just assumed they knew what it meant. And they got ahead of God. And when um, I talked to them a year later, I said, well, probably our response wasn't the best. If God shows you something that you need to do, spend time asking him how you need to do it. Don't get ahead of God. But when God speaks, hear God and obey. Gideon did that, strategically cut fear out of the army. But that wasn't enough for God. He, he gave Gideon the drinking test. And I don't know if there was any uh, other than anything to this test other than filtering out people. Gideon started off with four to one odds. Now, well, now he's left with what, 4,000 to 1 odds? Now that's something God can work with, right? Remember, people, it's the size of the problem isn't the issue. It's never the issue. It's the plan of God and the power of God that's at issue. Go with that. The best uh, of it was 300 men were, were armed with a, a trumpet, a torch, and a bowl. Fun fact about me, I used to play a trumpet. And it was murderous, like, but it wouldn't have helped Gideon at all, right? Like, I mean, I didn't play well. Um, if I were going up against an army like that, you'd think you'd want more than a torch and a bowl and a trumpet. And if I were Gideon, I'd be thinking, well, 
Well, I'd be trying not to think at all because it's one of those situations that no matter how you look at it, it's not making sense except for God. Verse 9, God wakes Gideon up and says to him, it's time to attack, but if you're afraid, go down to the enemy's camp and eavesdrop in the conversation. So Gideon took a servant, stepped down into the camp, and in Judges chapter 7, verse 12, the Midianites, the Amalekites, and, and all the other eastern people that had settled in the valley, thick as locusts, their camels could no more be counted than the sands of the seashore. There were a lot of them. Gideon arrived just as the man was telling his friend a dream. Had a dream, he was saying. A round loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp, and it struck the tent with such force that the tent overturned and collapsed. His friend responded, well, this can, mean, can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite. God has given the Midianites and the whole camp into his hands. When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, note the first thing he did. He bowed down and worshipped. He returned to the camp of Israel and called out, Get up! The Lord has given the Midianite camp into your hands. The odds had not changed. The circumstances have not changed. But what's changed? Faith. Faith has arisen. And now they were ready to go. And the first response to faith is worship. Gideon bowed down and worshipped. His next action, well, you know the rest of the story. He divided the company up into three, uh, three groups of 100 each, each, gave them a bowl, a trumpet, and a torch. And he said, follow my direction. Midianite camp probably thought they were surrounded. They panicked. They killed each other in their effort to run. This is, by the way, often the response of the enemy when the Lord intervenes. We see it over and over again. I don't know what the Midianites are in your life, but I do know that God is bigger than your problem. And I do know that he wants to direct you. He wants to teach you. Remember, this has been a process. It started way back with, well, the people of God crying out to God. And then... God calls Gideon, but he has him deal with idolatry before anything. And then God leads Gideon and teaches him to hear his voice. First it was an angel, and then just the Lord spoke to him. Now the Lord has given him promises, and Gideon has tested those promises. And then the Lord said, if you need one more thing, go down to the camp, listen to what you hear. And God used a dream of an enemy soldier to speak faith into Gideon. And he calls out to his people, Arise, because God has given the enemy into your hands. It's a process. But people, the challenge in your life, call out to God. See what he says. What truth does he want to speak into your life? Follow his direction. Learn to hear his voice. Follow what he says. Test what he says. Let faith arise in your soul, in your heart, and see what God will do. Let's pray. 
for all those facing challenges. I pray, Lord, for them that they would enter, the, enter into the process of your deliverance. Lord, help them to hear your voice. Teach them to hear your voice. Yeah. Lord, help them to see what you're directing and give them the faith to follow. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.